This episode is brought to you by Auth0. That's Auth0.com. In this episode, we get to speak with the Chief Innovation Officer at Infinite Red Inc., Gant Laborde. Where is Nicolas Cage, the ethics of AI, and... Who stole my Declaration of Independence? Welcome to Thunder Nerds. I'm Brian Henson. I am Sarah Bessel. <laughs> I'm Frederick Philip Von Weiss, and thank you for consuming the Thunder Nerds, a conversation with the people behind the technology that love what they do and do tech good. good. <laughs> I was trying to wait for you. Nice. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone, we're here doing Tech Good for another day. So, Brian, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, I'd like to thank this season's sponsor, Auth0. They care about what I care about a lot, and that's identity. Uh, It's mine. I don't want anyone else to have it. And they provide a really great solution for custom, secure, and standards-based unified login as uh, as a service. Uh, They provide authentication and authorization. Uh, go to auth0.com today to find out more. Yeah, I'm glad that my section is a lot easier. Subscribe to the show. Go to YouTube. <laughs> Click the big button. Subscribe. Uh, and you'll get to, to see the live streams, ask questions, and uh, generally enjoy our awesome comedy. With that being said, and without any further ado, we'll go ahead and get to our guest. We have Google developer expert, mentor, adjunct professor, published author, award-winning speaker, and this keeps going on and on, unicorn rider, <clears throat> chief innovation officer at Infinite Red Inc., Gant Laborde. Welcome to the show, uh, Gant. Thank you, welcome. thank you, thank you. I'll even forgive you for using the short version of my full title. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> my faux pas, please excuse me. <laughs> Uh, no, no problem. No problem. <laughs> I'm really happy to be here. I, I caught uh, caught an episode, and I was like, I've got to be on that show. It looks fun. So, bam, here we are. Really appreciate that. Yeah, I remember yeah. you reaching out to me, and I was like, Yeah, that's be awesome. Nice. No, you were like, Who's this guy? I have no idea. That's who true. Oh, yeah. Wow. That, that happens to me way, way more often than I actually would like to admit. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, everybody. They're like. Uh, hi, you. <laughs> like, oh, Buddy? be famous. <laughs> Do people always want to call you Grant instead of Gant? Constantly. Let okay. me tell you this, all right? <laughs> Let's hear about it. What the hell was my dad thinking? Like, yeah. what is a Gant? I don't chart. know. It's, chart. It, it's a chart. No, no, the chart has two T's. You had to pay by the letter, so it's just Gant. Mm. We, we couldn't afford the R, so I, I, I grew up very poor. We just had four letters, and that was it. Um, my dad claims that he named my sister Heather before Heather was cool. That, that great, great idea there. Uh, sure. And my brother's name is Eric, which is very well known and very common. And then I got Kant. Uh, and I never got a good explanation on why that name is. But funny enough, uh, it makes me extremely Googleable. Uh, mm. So I can I could do no wrong. Otherwise, that will follow me forever. It's apparent. It apparently means glove. In old in French, French. Yeah. and Laborde, which is my last name, means the edge. So am I the edge of the glove? Oh, maybe French? you're the edge of the glove, like a like a slap, you know, like a challenge. Oh, no. oh yeah, yeah. dude, yeah. that is the best. That's the best yet. I'm taking that is it. the best. But I that got could be a saying too. Michael Jackson and the Edge from U2, like, yeah. mashed up. Like, there you that go. could be a thing. That could be a thing. That's yeah. such the Edge of the Glove right there. You could be like, I'm going to Gant Laborde him. Like, yeah. you know, that could be the new, it's a new thing. Like, slap him with the Edge of the Glove. In, yeah. in uh, high school, I had a person, so my middle initial is G. And the guy who's sitting behind me, he goes, can you scoot over? I was like, why? He says, because I Gant G Laborde. And he loved that joke. Oh. I heard it my entire freshman year. We're still friends somehow. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. This is mine, a good sense of humor. Mine, yeah. mine was always, do you have any hints on that? I'm like, really? 
Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's that was bad. So I get now your sense of humor, Gantt, and that kind of <laughs> goes along with those funny images that you make, those stickers, right? <laughs> yeah. You riding yeah. a unicorn and et cetera. Well, well yeah, he, you know, uh, that, that sort of like iconography, um, was, I have a friend in Japan and she would draw some of these really cool chibi style characters of me doing different things. And I actually have a sticker sheet. You'll have to hit me up with your, your addresses afterward. I'll send you some cool stickers like that, hologram yes, stickers please. and cool stuff. And, uh, and what the crazy part about it is she sent it to me and, and then I, for some reason, you know, in dev, everything's a sticker. So I was like, ah, you know, whatever, I'm just gonna turn this into a sticker. And I was a classic developer, terrible at marketing. I gave it to someone and they're like, why is your Twitter handle not on this? Like, it's just a sticker now. It has nothing to do with your identity. I was like, shut up. <laughs> So now here we are, I want to say, well, six years later, I have hundreds of crazy stickers of me and they all, unless they're like a special exclusive brand, uh, have my Twitter handle on them. Nice. What's the unicorn's all name? That's why I want to know. Ah, that is the unicorn of truth and science. It's why the unicorn's wearing safety goggles. The safety oh. is the priority. And it has an atom on its chest for, for science. All right. I can get behind that. Yeah. I have a, I have a lot of science motif stuff. I'm a big fan of, of logic, science, sort of like um, people, people's awakening, things like that. And I, I think it kind of works into it. So I'm like, stand back, suckers. I'm going to use some science. I and mean, that's how I start some talks. It's pretty dangerous. <laughs> These must be really I, I, I difficult times for you then if you were really oh, a, a fan. The of people, yeah, yeah, the people. Logic, who, truth, and science. Logic, truth, and science. So I actually, uh, fun, fun fact, <laughs> I went to Speaker's Corner in London when I was a uh, uh, senior. And there was this guy and I, and he, were, he and I were arguing uh, over this philosophical thing because that's what you do at Speaker's Corner. And then I. He just kept doing a gish gallop on me. Like I couldn't, I couldn't ever win in this argument with him because he would say some outrageous things. I was like, that's completely wrong. And so I would go into the basis of explaining basic science. And then this person came along and he started his own uh, argument right next to the other person, gathered all of that person's crowd and then like made them all laugh and told a story and that he didn't out logic the person because the person didn't use logic to that argument they went ahead and just sort of like made a showcase of it all so uh as a sort of like a dedication to that lesson learned a long time ago locally on, on nextdoor.com i'm surrounded oh, by no. a bunch of people who oh, no. um best place yeah, who, yeah. who are not saying intelligent things uh, by any regard. And I, I see all these people arguing with them and I see the younger me. And so now I've taken on the identity of a troll on next door <laughs> where I take what they say and I agree with it, but then I take it to this utmost ridiculousness. <laughs> and it's, it's probably helped a lot of the mental health of quite a few people because, um, you know, 2020 is not the year for, for, for faith in humanity. <laughs> did y'all see the, uh, the Palm beach? Uh, I think it was like the city commission oh, hearing when they talked about, um, Oh yes. The masks. like the, I knew the, from the first line, the first line was these masks, they're killing people. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I knew from there on it was going to be great. And it was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, so great in quotations. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they, they, you know, we used to have to watch Jerry Springer to, to see the real crazies kind of, I'm sorry if I'm, you know what, I, guess what, I, I'm polarizing the crowd, right? Uh, sorry, crazy people. <laughs> uh, but you used to have to watch like some really interesting things there. And fortunately enough, uh, or unfortunately enough, now you just got to watch city council meetings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So how's it been for you uh since you yeah. haven't been able to go out and do uh all these speaking events that you normally do? Weird uh whiplash. I was originally going to speak at quite a few places, had to cancel. Um they've moved or they kept pushing back. 
And I thought that this calendar year was going to be completely empty. And then now I've seen a resurgence of sort of like the, the, the breadth of humanity is to reach out and connect and talk with one another. And uh, the very invention of this is, is all these online conferences. So now I've actually spoken at a huge number of online conferences. Um, it's not as nice. I don't get to see people. I don't get to travel. I don't get to see new places. And I don't get to sort of build that deep connection like I really like. But I've, it, it really is happy that, that there's this, still this effort and people are working on this. And I've actually gone to more of these. So I've been speaking publicly a ridiculous amount at conferences because it's the virtual coffeeer. And I think that that's kind of a cool thing. Makes it definitely makes it a lot more accessible for people. Like, uh, the, yeah. I don't know how many people have paid attention to the uh, of this group, the Apple stuff, but the uh, the keynote is pretty interesting to see it that way. And a lot mm -hmm. of the, I've watched a few of the sessions. It's just nice because like literally anyone can watch them, and it's way more accessible. It's, very different, weird world. I, th I hope it all, I hope when things go back to whatever normal ends up being that this type of awakening where, you know, things become more readily available continues. Yeah, agreed. I think we're going to have a lot of people with higher expectations of things such as working from home yeah. and uh, being able to have these other amenities accessible. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been remote working for uh, six years now. And one of the great things about it is like, I've kind of realized we've come full circle. If you go back 200 or 300 years, people lived where they worked. Like they weren't, it was like you, you had a blacksmith shop and, and you had where you slept and, you know, it's just sort of how things used to work. And there was a balance that was struck. Um, forcing everybody to go into one location and, spin a certain cog was you know industrial revolution and we've gotten all these advancements we can work from anywhere and technology and yet we still like force people to drive in these death boxes every day <laughs> death boxes i mean to, to to be fair that's yeah. that's probably how most podcasts get listened to is during a commute you know it's like a perfect time for that but but honestly i i love listening to them during lunch or other parts and i I work remote, so my my commute is from the kitchen over there with a cup of coffee to right here. It's really nice. I'm never going back. <laughs> yeah, same. Although I will say that that I, I do. I, I mean, I don't worry about it, but I hear a lot of people. Oh, I hate working remote, and it sucks, yeah. and this is oh, yeah. terrible. People, and it's like, yeah. well, but I mean, this is this is working remote during a pandemic. Like, this is a different thing yeah. altogether. I mean, I feel stressed. I feel like I can't really concentrate. And I've worked remote also for about six, seven years. So um, there's nothing normal about this. And if, if this is right. anyone listening, if this is like your first remote experience and it sucks, I promise you, it doesn't have to. Um, it can yeah. be much better. Yeah. And, and it, it has been really interesting too. I said this, I think in a previous episode, seeing all the, the extroverts on Twitter complaining about, I wish I was surrounded by people. And it's like, mm -hmm. because normally Twitter is the exact opposite. We're all, all like, God, I got to go into work, all these people. And now, <laughs> now it's the exact, like, it's just interesting because you don't, I, I've, all, I've always known that was a thing but it's become so much more obvious now that, you know, people are like that, that they need to be surrounded by people and um, to get their energy boost. It's, it's interesting and how. And you're like that, right, Gant? Would you say you're uh, fair I, to say you're an extrovert? I am an introvert. Yeah. Um, really? really? I am one, it's a, I'm a sneaky introvert. Sneaky. So <laughs> sneaky. I, I actually, what I do, and I describe it this way, I'm an outgoing introvert. I uh, stole that from our CEO, by the way. He said that first, but I, I think it sounds better on me. And uh, <laughs> I charge my battery and then I burn hard for, for like three days. So when I go to conferences, you got all out, you know, and when I show up, I'm going to the after party. I'm talking to people in the hallway. I am connecting with everyone I can. I'm exchanging stickers, business cards, GitHub profiles and, and, and code. And then as soon as it's done, I get on an airplane and I don't talk to a single soul. The person next to me can just 
talk to my face as much as they want. I am shut down. I go home. I probably spend the entire weekend not going out, not talking to another person. And then I feel like I'm back in balance. So weirdly enough, I've got like this extrovert battery I've worked on and it works really, really well for me. But if me around people for too long, you will, if you see it happen, I will Irish goodbye everybody and just, just disappear. Like there's nothing I can do once the battery runs out. I think people confuse the extrovert and introvert thing. It's at least from what I've read uh, a lot on the subject that introvert, it just means that you recharge uh, alone. It doesn't have to do with being shy. I think that's more of a right. conception. Yeah. I, I think I've heard that definition as well. Um, being, being in software, <laughs> we're just, I've been told that a software extrovert is the one who looks at your shoes when he's talking to you instead of their own. Okay. Oh, <laughs> not heard even even somebody or Sarah just shout out, "Whoa, that's perfect." So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe we should talk about what you do. What what do you do? Infinite Red, was, tell us about it. I was coming here to ask y'all. You're the <laughs> owner. That's right. My uh, I'm one of the owners of Infinite Red. I started mm-hmm. off working for them as the first employee and it was consultancy. So, hey, small advertisement. Come on down to React Native at Infinite Red. We've got what you need. Okay, good. Uh, we, we Actually, if you need anything done with React or React Native, we are experts. We talk to people at Facebook. We're very well connected. And I've been building mobile apps and websites for 20 years now. And um, I really, really, really fell in love with the uh, Infinite Red uh, community, the, the lifestyle, the philosophy, the planning, the care. And so I said, okay, I'm buying into this company. And uh, they said, look, you know, this is, this is a great plan. So I saved up a bunch of money, bought in, and then, yeah. So then I moved from there to the C-suite. And now in, the, in that position, I am chief innovation officer, which basically makes me a glorified mad scientist. Pretty much when you always wanted to be a mad scientist, from my understanding as well. So it's, it's, it's part of the goal plan. achieved. Yeah. There's, uh, there's robots out front of my door right now just walking back and forth. I've, that's all I can get them to do. I'm still working on my mad science. It, it takes a while to really get the hang of it. That's true. I'd, I'd need like a, a Tesla coil or something going on in the background. Or Tesla himself. Or, tes- or Tesla. I, I will, yeah. <laughs> I just need a shovel and some determination. <laughs> <laughs> so, t- tell me about the name of the company. Infinite yeah. Red, what does that mean? So the Infinite Red was originally formed with Todd Worth and Ken Miller. Um, uh, it was a really, I think, Todd's sort of like one of those domain buyers right? Like he buys cool domain mm-hmm. names. He, he's, a, he's sort of a front end sort of design. So he started the company Infinite Red for consulting. It doesn't actually, as far as I know, have a deep philosophical meaning other than that's a pretty cool consulting name. <laughs> right? And then at the same time, ClearSight Consulting, which does have a title which says, you know, something about it. Like we're this ClearSight Consulting Company in Portland. Oh, is owned by Jamin Holmgren. And <clears throat> they were sort of competing for contracts. And I was, at the time, I was a freelancer, kind of like I knew both of them. I introduced them to one another. Lo and behold, they did a merge in, I want to say, like 2015 to form a single company uh, under Infinite Red. And it's been a really cool adventure since. And to be honest, I've always been interested in forming my own business, but. I don't know if everybody's kind of gone through this where you like, I'm going to start a business and you get business partners and then you're like, Oh, I don't want to be in this business with them anymore. (laughs) Uh, Well, this is the inverse of that where I was like, I'm out of the business thing. I'm just going to kind of be my own consultant or W2 for a while and figure out my own thing. And then I saw the uh, infinite red sort of leadership. And I said, there's my business partners. And that's why I decided to buy in. Uh, because there's people who I knew would carry their own load and they saw me and said, okay, we want you as part of this. So that was a really cool thing. It's, it's working out fantastic. 
Uh, I can tell you there's a lot of really great opportunity out there, but I know this is where I'm going to do my life's work. That's awesome. That's really cool. I started a business with my husband and I'm having second thoughts. I'm not so sure, not so sure this was a good idea. Well, he stuck you in the pantry. He's, he put me in the pantry and I don't know if he's pulling his own weight, to be honest with you. But. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that, that, but that's really awesome. Like that's something I've always wanted to do. And I've always, you know, wanted to have my own business. I, I never knew really what it was. I always felt like I was more of an entrepreneur and not an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm, I didn't have like, mm -hmm. this amazing idea. Um, and then my husband, who is really an, like, an awesome business partner and I, you know, we both love board games and our collection yeah. get out of control and we turn it into this thing. And it's, it's such a cool thing. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lifestyle business. I'm, I don't ever see it making me yeah. dollars, but, but I love it. I really love well, it. Lifestyle business is, is the real answer. In my opinion, there's all these people telling you, you want to be the multimillionaire. There's this classic uh, story of the, uh, the Harvard guy who goes on vacation and he sees the, the, the fisherman gets a bunch of fish got these extra fish and he's sitting there playing the guitar and then the hard businessman's like wait what are you doing like there's plenty more fish here you could go sell those fish he's like why would i sell the fish he's like well look you sell the fish and then you can go ahead and get more he's like well i've got enough i can eat i'm happy everything's good and he's like no no you don't understand here's the cool part about it when you get enough fish, then you could buy more ships and you could hire more oh, staff. Yeah, I've heard this. And thing. then those people yeah. can come in and they could do more fishing. And then eventually you work, you know, you get so much of this 10, 15 years, you've got an, like a giant enterprise. And then uh, you could have all these people working under you. And the guy's like, why do I want that? He said, oh, because then you, could, you don't have to do any work. You could just sit back and eat fish and play your guitar on the beachfront and you can just relax 20 years down the road. No problem. <laughs> 20, yeah, 20 years down. <laughs> yeah. So like, I love this story because, um, you, you can have your best life right now, the lifestyle business and doing, you know, classic thing in the day of your life. I love Good that philosophy. Yeah, yeah it is. Is there like a, uh, something that we could reference to that? Is that, is that like a parable or something? Yeah, that's a, yeah. I, I heard it as the, the Harvard business student and the fisherman, but it's probably, uh, but I heard that story from a person who went to Harvard. So <laughs> they might've purposely adjusted this. There's a few things, but I bet I guarantee as Brian, Brian caught it halfway through, um, you could probably find that parable. Yeah, right, yeah, I've awesome, heard, I, yeah, I've I've heard it a, a few times. Yeah, the one one I've heard is it's a Mexican fisherman and investment banker. Investment banker. Yeah, there's a bunch of different vari variants of it. It's yeah, it's it's an interesting story and absolutely true. Like, if you do find a job that you enjoy, like that's not really it. working anymore. Like, it's just doing what you love, and you know, a thousand percent. Yeah, if yeah. it's a weird thing. We, we all say we want to do nothing and it's the biggest lie. I, oh, I really think that's, I, mean, I really do disagrees think, with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to hear about it, but I can tell you this. If I had enough money to never work again tomorrow, I would keep doing the things I love. Yeah. And I mean, why would you ever stop? I mean, you could get hanging on the beach gets old. Um, there's all this, I have a friend of mine who tells a fantastic story about you. You ever watch? Well, Y'all are all nerds, right? Never-ending story. Oh, yeah, Never, yeah. We're actually just talking about that today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the nothing's story. coming to get you, right? Like the nothing's yeah. coming in. Yeah. yeah. And then he does this analogy where we're fighting the nothing today. He's like, you know, you want to make all this money so you can do nothing. You want to. Um, get rid of responsibility so you can do nothing. You don't want you want to bury your head in the sand so you can know nothing. You want to take pills so you can feel nothing. And he's like, this is, this is the real danger. And it's sitting right here, just like never ending free. It's like, wow, that's so true. And, and, and a real craft, like that's what makes me happy. I need to do something's hands. I need to go ahead and fail at a project every day. Like that's, you know, <laughs> I need it. Yeah. I don't know. Something about napping in a hammock sounds really good, though. With a book, you know. That, Our CEO that, naps in a hammock whenever he wants to, <laughs> <laughs> but he still gets a lot of work done too. So, 
he's, he's, it's a good combination, but he's eventually every hammock gets uncomfortable. That's true. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like happy and sad. You, how do you know how you feel unless you have something to compare it against? I mean, yeah. this whole doing nothing all the time, you know, it feels good to do nothing after I've done a lot over yes. a sustained mm-hmm. period of time. Then I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I get to chill out now. Yeah. So, sorry, yeah, Fred, go ahead. No, it's fine. <laughs> Speaking of of your work, why don't we talk about what you do as a chief innovation officer? What what exactly are you innovating day by day? So technically one thing that's not really officially part of that title, I'd say, but is definitely part of what I do is marketing. Marketing sort of that uh, the dark art of of, uh, science there. And I think it's one of the most interesting sciences. And so one of the things I'm doing for the company now is I'm studying part of our marketing initiative and innovating on that because it's something that we really need. Um, also on our technology, I love going to a conference, hearing about what kind of technology is coming out, what people are using, and then bringing that back. Because when you work with the same people for a long time, it becomes real easy to keep copying, pasting the same solutions, regardless of the world around you. Um, and you can sort of, you need somebody to kind of go out there and say, by the way, this is what this community is really about right now. And this is a big movement. Maybe we should check into that. And especially People with help consulting, you have to watch it. What's that? People help us grow. Yeah, exactly. And so with the, with the innovation part of it is that uh, our chief technology strategy, our chief technology officer, is Jamin, and so he's making sure the team is all rowing in the right direction. Um, there, there's sort of like we're all using the same technology. Our communication is excellent, and then I'm a little bit more of the person who's going out and about and collecting knowledge and clients and information and bringing them back for sales and for for our growth. And that's really fun for me because I love. I, is, being an introvert, I still love hearing a great talk and talking to people and meeting people and, and having a lot of fun. So like, this is fantastic. Like I said, I could do this for up to three days. <laughs> so, <laughs> but this is great for me. And getting that information is just part of, um, I think it's part of a process that every company needs. Maybe I'm a little bit of developer advocate too, I guess you can throw that in there. I was going to say, that's what it sounded yeah. like when you're like, oh, it's a little developer advocating. It is. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, a, it's a bit of that because we don't have a product per se for, for bringing people into, but, but for coming in saying, and then, like I said, if anybody wants some of the best, you know, we throw the react native conference in the U S you know, and Facebook attends and makes announcements there. So that was a really cool thing that we do. So if you want react native, come talk to us. Um, that's, that's a really great thing and it helps pay the bills. And I promise you, I'm bringing the best new information to the team. That and robots. What's some of the best new information? What's going on? Tell us. AI, AI is the future, dude. I I know it's, yeah, it scares the hell out of people. When I say that they think of 1980s movies. Um, they're like, whatever. I tried one time to program tic-tac-toe and I shoved my face in the toilet instead. It was directions Brian. unclear. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> this sounds like a great story. We'll have to circle back. <laughs> Just, but it's, um, I've been saying being a little bit of an AI drum for about a year, year and a half now. And, uh, it's just getting more and more true as a developer. If you're not already like having AI in a product or if it's not already some part of it, that's going to happen. As a matter of fact, in the next five years, go ahead and quote me on this, come back. We're going to have some serious, serious groundbreaking AI to the point where you will have interacted with a person on the phone and you don't even know, you're like, you hang up and you go, I wonder if that was a real person. Uh, Could have not been. And well, I, I saw fine. that Google, uh, sorry to interject, but I saw that thing on Google where they literally had that. Do you remember that at the Google conference? I didn't see that one in particular, but that sounds like something Google would do. Oh, yeah. so yeah, they had with their assistant, you probably saw this too, Brian, where they, uh, yeah. they, they were making a call and they were like, oh, okay, this person's oh, going to call yes, a barbershop. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Yes, I saw that, yeah. 
Yeah, it, it still sounded a little artificial, of... but yeah. yeah oh, but dude, I mean, on the phone, yeah. if you didn't know, you would totally go, oh, okay, I'm talking to a human being. Yeah, and we're, we're getting so far beyond that now where it can uh, mimic certain voices. It could be like you went ahead and made that call uh, from just a couple of seconds of a clip. Um, it can actually sort of customize towards your, your common verbiage and a bunch of other things. GPT-3 just came out. So the, the crazy stuff that I used to show people in my talks a year ago, I was like, this just came out. Now people are like, oh, of course, you know? Like, I mean, for instance, uh, right now, if I just like all of a sudden needed to turn into a cat head or something like that, I could, I could kind of do this. And this would weird people out a while ago, but now it's just like, okay. Yeah, that Snapchat thing. I don't know if I agree with it. It's okay, but okay. Horrible, horrible, like, robot upspeak right there. That was terrible. You didn't like my auto tune? I loved it. Okay, no auto tune for you. All right, we're just going to go for, uh, hold on, let me just. uh... All right, we got him here. Go ahead and get the auto tune out of here. This guy doesn't, uh, not allowed. Perfect. <laughs> That's Sarah's favorite one. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, what do you think about with AI though, and it not being? I think like one issue we have is it not being like regulated whatsoever, and you know, know like what is appropriate, what is not, um, especially the data. Yeah. Yep. Well, the, the ethics. So one thing I really think is part of the reason I I really kind of beat this drum is. Uh, Democratized AI will be talked about Tesla a little while ago. You know, Tesla came up with ideas of uh, sharing electricity for free with entire neighborhoods. And people were like, well, how do Even- we charge for it? And they were like, oh, it's going to be really hard to choose how much to charge. Like, oh, we'll shut this down. Um, and AI, as Andrew Ng says, is the new electricity. And with electricity, if, you know, we can have great inventions, you can warm your food, you can help your family, you can read at night. Um, but then again, people like Thomason were using it to electrocute elephants at circuses to try to show it, it's, it's who's, yeah, it, it's, it's, it could be disgusting in the wrong hands. And that's why a Fortune 500 having the patents and the data and, and the capabilities, the only people having this, then we, we sort of lose this democratized AI to the ability of being able to defend against it. And I think that one of the things I, I partially my advocate for it is half of it, this is coming, be ready for it. And the other half of it is like cool people who are willing to have chats about these things and actually ask the questions about ethics and go after the people who are you know trying to identify protesters uh and and kind of go and put them on um you know we we can't be asleep to what's possible and what's happening i'm not sure that the legality of it is going to stop people i think people are going to stop it because uh clearview ai has received cease and desist letter after cease and desist letter and they just continue on what really needs to happen is, um, to a large degree, is we need to, to actually identify what, what are the characteristics here, how we can defend. There's specific like face masks that mess up the AI, shirts that mess it up. Um, there's really cool things that we can do to really push the batteries uh, together rather than just putting it in a couple's hands and saying, we trust you ethically. Good luck. It's been it's been crazy some of the stuff I've read about like data and how there there's been talks about our data basically we would get paid for our information being able to be used and it's almost black mirror esque where like yeah. oh well Very I get I have 500 credits because I shared what I <laughs> ate for the last year like oh so right. weird. <laughs> yeah. It is the oil for it's the new oil for this machine. Yeah. And it's a wild, wild world of, I, I do think that we are seeing some awesome change. Um, if you take a look, I believe it was Microsoft was trying to sell a service to law enforcement uh, yeah. and they kind of got called out because people understand the technology, understand what's happening. And then a lot of companies have said, okay, we're not going to do this anymore. 
But if you don't know what's capable or what's happening or what facial recognition is and the terminology, what, what's going on with deep learning or like uh, exactly how people are using your data, it's very hard to defend against. And so I'd say like, we're going to see AI happen. Get your chunk of it now because you don't want other people to just be like, okay, thanks. And by the way, bring the laws. No one's allowed to have any of this data but us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then they're the only ones who will be making the algorithms that are going to control what's happening. I saw the pinnacle of this kind of uh, evil that, that might be happening in the future. If you look, you actually created a Nicolas Cage uh, face yes. recognizer. And I think that yes. really illustrates how somebody could, how this is put in the wrong hands of somebody. Like you know, it's, it's, it's important though. This was a very ethical decision here is that I need, I created a declaration of independence thief.com and then in there uploaded a model that it goes to that's powering Nick or not.com, which answers that age old question. Um, is Nicholas in a photo or not? Uh, and that's very, very kind of key problem because I don't know how many times you've had the declaration of independence, uh, stolen from you. Several. But now, it's a common problem. Uh, it's quite difficult. So now you have a website that you can just upload photos or click on photos, and then it can find Nicolas Cage for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all joking aside, that technology is available. Um, any, anybody can actually write facial recognition. It's, we're, we're well beyond, I think we're in the world of, um, yeah, how, how people can use it as well as uh, what are we going to do? Because I can tell you facial recognition can be used for amazing things. We had a client who wanted to um, help curate information to send emails rather than send photos of everybody's kid. It just sends you photos of your kid. Uh, it's like, oh, that's super awesome. And it's a great thing. So you don't have to look at other people's kids. <laughs> You just get this, hey, little Johnny was playing on the swing set today. And it's really spatial recognition. Every time you pause a movie and it's like, these actors were in this scene, um, you know, it's kind of nice. And I think that there's some really cool patience to this, but it's a tool. And like I said, uh, in the wrong hands, it can be a very evil tool. We could have bounty hunter robots out there just prowling around. Yeah. Where is yeah. Brian Hinton? Yeah. Right here. Right. They're going to get you. <laughs> I ordered the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I give me that. Deliver yeah. Brian into the pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, could, it could really help out in, in some aspects. But it, it, it's a, if you want to actually ever get into a long conversation about AI, I, can, I really enjoy talking about it. And if you ever talk a lot about AI ethics, um, I could talk about it a bit. It's it's a little scary. It can get it can get a little bit worrisome. But my angle on it, I'm just going to skip to the end of what I would say anyway, is that you know people are afraid, and we measure everything in jobs. Okay, this many jobs. We're not talking about people. We're not talking about quality of life. We talk about jobs. This creates this many or something like that. And the strange thing that happens is we are continuing to automate. And we are continuing to add people to this planet, which to the inevitable conclusion that we need to raise the lifestyle of everybody who's involved. And I think that's the really cool part is that AI can take care of the dangerous and terrible tasks that human beings shouldn't have to do. And we can all live better because of it. I was giving a talk about AI in Seattle and I was watching this gentleman climb up a ladder and and just I know he's got a family and it, it, what happens is like he, this ladder is like creaking and falling back and forth I was like that's that's what I want a robot to do if you've ever worked in a service industry and had inventory night where you're until one o'clock it just drives you nuts that's something AI should be doing we should be focusing on our humanity and the cool things and, and, and enriching all of our lives and, and I think that's the ultimate goal let me ask you a, a user question here. We have uh, yeah. Todd, Todd Libby is writing in and he's asking to get your opinion on something. He says, uh, what, is, what, do you, what does Grant think about the, how uh, the example, 
Did, it. did I say Grant? Excuse me. <laughs> you just blame it on Todd Libby. Yeah, I will. What is Grant? Dang. Yeah. Well, I took my glasses off because I'm trying to read, so all the letters scrambled. We're so old. Oh my God. Right. I'm only 28. And my eyes. Example. Let me get to the question here because this is important because yeah. it's a user. Uh, so, uh, example. What does Gant think about uh, how Twitter takes, uh, for instance, pixelized? face of Obama and then oh, uses yeah. AI to turn it into a clear version of some white guy. So, so Twitter did it. this? No, it was on Twitter. There was, it was a, on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Was a, so you're talking about yeah. information bias. Yeah. So yes. the, the data bias. Yeah. So here's, here's a really terrible thing uh, that AI has sort of unearthed for forever. Um, we've been using standards that are fitting under this sort of archaic mentality. Uh, I think like the Kodak algorithm was geared and engineered chemically to work specifically on photos of white people. And we've viewed to continue on those lines of those numbers um, and say, this is the best way to get a photo. We just like move it over from chemical to digital and we're sorting, we're seeing this, this, this underneath the surface disgustingness that sort of like comes out like that. And when you train an algorithm with, so let's say if I was doing paper, rock, scissors, and I say, I'm going to do a paper, rock, scissors game for everybody. And I just take, well, first of all, at old white dude hands and that's it, right? We're also looking at however I do paper, rock, and scissors. Maybe I do scissors like this or like this. You know, there's, there's going to be some information bias. And I think that it is on the people who are building this. It's very important. It's very important that we unearth this bias and we start creating ways to detect common problems and bias and immediately start uh, taking care of those. And I want to salute companies that have done a fantastic job at saying, you know what, this is a problem. We're going to help the community out. IBM released uh, a diverse faces data set with like, I want to say 50,000 wow. uh, anonymized faces. What a great way to give back a large company, giving back data that they've paid tons of money for and collected. So that way people can create a much better diverse face recognition out or face um, identifying for, for whatever it's going to be, uh, whatever the algorithm needs to be, not just limiting it to whatever the old data sets that we have and actually caring about the bias of the information. All information has bias. All information has bias. What biases are we okay with? And in the sense of turning <laughs> all, all people into white people, I, we're not okay with that. And I'm glad that this has surfaced. I'm glad that we're, we're going to say, that's not okay. Go back, fix this, go adjust it. Um, and then the companies give back to the community by saying, we've, we've done our home, made sure that we get us at, and then we're getting to you. That makes my heart happy. Um, you see the same thing happen from data scientists at Microsoft. They had open maps with all these different um, 14 years of labor of people like drawing building keys on open, um, open street map. And then they used that data to train an algorithm like footage in over 125 million building footprints, open source the code. To that. So wow. that's, that's what I want to see. I want to see the big companies uh, giving back. And I really appreciate it whenever people do. And we'll say when you say like 50,000, I know they're you know, anonymous uh, yeah. uh, data sets of people's faces. And then like talking about facial recognition and everything. I'm like, getting, I get really anxious. I'm like, oh my God, they are watching us. They're like getting all our faces. <laughs> it, does, it does make me anxious. I, I, and yeah, I know fair. a lot of people that it, that it does. It's going to be an interesting uh, future we have uh, kind of making that stuff uh, comfortable for people, but also making it you know, ethical. It's going to be a Wait challenge. Wait yeah. Apple Glass yeah. hits. <laughs> yeah, I do really wonder if they really are making something like that and how that would, uh, you know, work and interface with all of this stuff. 
Imagine yeah, just walking it, it, down the street and you don't even recognize somebody, but you know their name. Oh, it shows up. That's Brian Hinton. Oh, God. Go away, guys. Yeah, I fell out of a tree when he was a kid. <laughs> I did. I did. I hit uh, a lot of branches, but not the chain link fence. That explains a lot. Wow. Yeah, I, I will say it's okay to be anxious on that. Um, but at the same time, we have the capability to identify cancer and, uh, and the world's best doctor. Right. So to a certain degree, like there's some of this information, it's, it's wrong to hold back. It's wrong to, yeah, I understand this. Yeah. These are disruptors for industries the same way, like Netflix costs a big old problem for Blockbuster, but nobody's like really shedding a, as much of a tear for Blockbuster. And we all have Netflix, right? So, Hey, oh, you're the person we found it. I, I, miss, I, make, I miss Blockbuster so much. Like, do you? Yeah. Because there was, there's something tangible and tactile about going in and, you know, pick up the, picking up that, that movie box and flipping it over and reading about it. And it was easier to choose, I will say, than, than Netflix where it's like, there's some because there's uh, so many choices as opposed to like a smaller curated Brian, collection. let me let me bring you back to a day where you said, Oh, I can't wait. Oh, flip it over and that movie is not there. And then you gotta get back in your car and drive to another blockbuster and you go talk to the person <laughs> and they, there's some kid behind the desk who's just his whole job is to make sure people don't steal these things. And he's rewinding all those tapes that no one ever rewound. No, I didn't Be know kind. This is the experience. I would call the local's home video was the local rental video store and uh -huh. be like, hey, do you have this video in? No, we're getting it in tomorrow. Great. They'll save it. I go get it. Okay. It was nice. It was very personal. But on that, on all that note, we can still go to the library and check out movies. People don't, may not know this, but you yeah. know, tons of movies, new releases available. All you need is a library card. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. So don't forget that, people. And on that note, we're getting kind of close to the end, and we have a <laughs> round called Lightning Round we'd like to go through. Um, yeah. and if you two okay with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So and what this is is we ask you a question, each of us, uh, ah. And you answer it, and then we move on to the next question, uh, quick and fast. Uh, Frederick, do you want to go first? Sure. What was your favorite cartoon as a kid? I would have to say, I. It's funny because I don't watch it at all anymore. The Simpsons. As a kid, I, for yeah. some reason, I loved The Simpsons. It just spoke to me uh my parents would watch it as well so it's kind of a little bit of a bonding experience and i know they're still making episodes <laughs> they are uh you know funny being from new orleans i remember them completely insulting the hell out of us and then they did another episode i want to say two years ago where they said new orleans is great so i guess they made up for it i'm not too sure but yeah i'm gonna go with the simpsons weirdly enough um I know that the, the humor wasn't like as fun or as action packed, but it really kind of molded me and they were ridiculously creative of episodes. Yeah, yeah I don't think you get the lightning aspect of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just say one more. It was good, but, but just, yeah, short, short, short answers. <laughs> I'm just short answers. I'm just mad. <laughs> we just were like, we're going to let you keep going. Sarah, no. go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Sarah. Sure, you sure. all have important things to do. I apologize. No, no, no. We have a ton right. of questions. Yeah. All right. Oh, oh, Fre oh okay. Fre gotcha. Frederick's beard. Yes or no? <laughs> all My right. quarantine oh, beard. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay, you're in the circus, Gant. Would you rather be the person with their head inside the lion's mouth or get shot out of the cannon? Out of the cannon. Oh, all right. Frederick? Sarah, my beard, yes or no? That's, that's, you can't ask Sarah. No, no. You look like a, you look, I just no. texted Brian a while ago. You look like an extra from the Old Testament. All right, moving on. He looks like somebody would answer all his questions. <laughs> oh, I guess it. that was Frederick's question. Go, Sarah. I, I guess it was. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, right. I'll let you go next. Brian's hat. Yes or no? Not even a hat. Man, you were just too nice. Yeah, too nice. Oh, that exactly. Where do you mind not waiting? Um, 
Drive-thrus. All right. Any drive-thru. Frederick? Gant, if you could not be around the computer for the rest of your life, what would you do professionally? Uh, woodworking. Sweet. Excellent. Sarah? Sure. Wow. Have you ever made one of those? Oh, my God. I, I love to woodshop. So have you ever made one of those uh, wood piggy banks? Or, like, it's you make, like, a bank, and then there's, like, plexiglass, and you can put the coin in and see the money go in don't I need, say like, yes she's gonna want you to make it <laughs> no i have not really no okay <laughs> um what chore do you absolutely hate doing like hate doing oh oh wow um oh you know what anything that requires me working on the car For some reason I, I hate car maintenance. Don't know yeah. why. Makes sense. <laughs> and what would you say that your rating of building design systems by Sarah Veselov, the book, from a scale to, well, I don't know, 11 to 12, what, 12 being the highest, what would you say is your uh, view of this book? 11. 11? Okay. Fair enough. Sarah? <laughs> unbelievable. You're just unbelievable, Frederick. All right. <laughs> I believe you, uh, Sarah. Favorite? <laughs> Wait, first concert you ever went to? Pearl Jam. Nice. What's, embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> What's one pet peeve of yours that you wish that you could get rid of it because it ha hampers your entire enjoyment of life? I can't stand the sound of like people who smack or like make weird noises sometimes or, or breathe. If I can hear someone breathing oh. and they're next to me, ruins my entire day i just want to turn to them and say please stop breathing okay <laughs> agreed gans <laughs> right. asmr is weird gans you come home it's late at night like late at night mm -hmm. it is dark yeah. it is raining it's pouring out you're like i just want to get in the house you open the door you shut the door and you look and there's a ghost what do you do um Turn on the light and hang out. Well right. said, Sarah. All right, before I ask my question, I just have to say that my first husband used to blink really loud and we'd constantly <gasps> get into fights about it. I mean, like- blink loud? <laughs> I hear like the, the wetness of no. his eyelids touching no. each other. No. Oh, he just oh, me no. out. Horrible. <laughs> Game slew. over. Exactly, uh, yeah, exactly. It, okay. That or putting the toilet paper the wrong way, just instant yes. divorce. Yeah, oh, yeah. No blinking How loud. would you do that? No blanket. Um, it's oh beard, God. not mullet. <laughs> Favorite movie as a teenager? Oh. Uh, not now, as a teenager. Billy Madison. That's legit. As a matter of fact, I probably can quote the entire movie from memory still. I'm from Boston, so that was a good call. Good call. <laughs> if Mars was livable, would you accept <laughs> a one-way ticket there right now? No. No, I'm, I'm anti- I, I don't get the space stuff nearly as much as other nerds do. I don't know why. Do you play right. an instrument? I play guitar. I, uh, yeah. Are you good at math? I am now. I was terrible at math for a majority of my life because I hated it because it had to do with nothing. Now I constantly study it because it has to do with everything. With everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite fairy tale growing up? I grew up on uh, HBO, so <laughs> Phantasm. <laughs> Freddy Krueger. Okay. That works. Oh, right. <laughs> and seriously, what is one of your favorite things about yourself? Uh, not, not sarcastically, honestly. Uh, I would say that I have better than normal memory, and I can memorize about 20 random objects, no problem. I don't need grocery lists, anything like that. It is a blessing and a curse. Did I already say that? <laughs> <laughs> well done. Oh my God. <sighs> okay. Let's see, let's see. Um, Link. 
Oh God, stop! Now we think about it. Love it. Blink. The wet sounds of eyes. So gross. So gross. <laughs> the fact that I still think about it, like. What is it now? Twenty years later, I, just awful, awful. I need to hear Never more about this, this offline. Yeah, I, I need a blog post or something. This is the yeah. same husband I slapped in the face with a flip flop, but that's another story. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, have all right. So you're in Louisiana. Name two other states that you that you've either lived in or visited in that you really like. Um, I visited. Or I lived in Houston for about eight months after Hurricane, and I really liked them, and they were very welcoming. It was fantastic. I forever appreciate and will always donate to Houston if they have any problems because of how welcoming they were. Um, and I also love Portland, Oregon. Uh, it's just a really fun place, and I like going there. Okay, my, la my last question. Why can't a nose be 12 inches long uh i because then it becomes a foot oh yes yes Damn. yes oh hi high five high five yes <laughs> yeah. sarah's just sitting there with with there's my five splish, i mean my splashy, one winks <laughs> wow explicit i'm out of i'm out of questions sarah you got any questions uh i get none i get none okay so why don't we uh before we jump to the last two questions that we asked make sure again you grab your guitar so we get to do the uh the playoff as we talk you want about. me a good... yes really please wait wait yeah. what is this playoff that we talked about so... yeah we discussed it thoroughly i'm sure i don't understand why you don't remember since you talked about your memory being so good but go ahead and grab your guitar real quick <laughs> seriously getting in my guitar oh, you, yeah. you don't really need to oh okay i guess he is <laughs> Ryan, shut up ryan <laughs> So you, uh, while he's doing that, you really like the idea of a running app that you can just run with someone? Like Ryan and I were on Twitter talking about how yeah. you could be on, a, uh, on an app and where you both could be running at the same time and having a conversation to help inspire, uh, inspire each other while you're running. I think it's a great idea. And also keeps yeah. track and does all the other things like a running app, a health app would do. I think it's a great idea, Brian. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Hey, Gant, Gant's back. All right. Gant, you said Pearl Jam, I think. He did say Pearl Jam, yeah. He said he's going to do even flow. So, Gant, so the... the <laughs> first off, the, uh, one of the questions we always ask people is what's the best way people could find out more about you? Obviously, we're going to include all these things within the show notes, but where do they go? What's your Twitter handle? What's your website? And anything else? Yes, indeed. Gantlabord.com. Interesting uh, enough, apparently that was still available. Not sure why. Uh, so there, and my Twitter handle is Gant Laborde as well. And definitely watch all the mad scientist stuff that I'm coming up with and see where I'm going to be speaking next. Um, actually I'm giving a talk on Saturday morning and then I have my next one at Amplify Days on July 15th. Yeah, I, I do like to give a lot of talks. Come see me do crazy stuff with AI. I promise you. Nice. And the, and the last main question, Gant, We'd like to provide a opportunity for you to say any kind of uh, farewells, any final words to the audience. Oh, well, uh, just gotta say thanks for all the amazing support from the people at Infinite Red, uh, paying to send me to conference, take care of everything, put up with the crazy inventions and fun stuff that uh, I wanna do. And they've never ever held back from letting me do that. So it's uh, so, a it's a really friendly place. I want to say thanks to them. Excellent. Anybody else have any uh, final questions before Gant plays us off? Nope. Thanks for uh, joining us. That's playing us out. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Another hour, right? I think you're playing for right? Another hour. Well, it's a long song. It's at least five yeah. to 10 minutes. Yeah. Gant, yeah, honestly, thank you so much. Really appreciate you spending some time with us. And Gant, go ahead and play us off. Uh, sure. out of tune. <laughs>
<laughs> I didn't tune the guitar. Oh well, that's just what you get. That was the end of it. The end. Really good, perfect performance. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dan. <laughs> really appreciate it. Everybody, thanks, thanks again Dan. for watching. We'll see you next time and take care. Bye all. Uh, thanks. Thanks for consuming the Thunder Nerds. We honestly and sincerely appreciate you watching and or listening to the show. Please subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. Write us review, keep a few stars our way. And above all else, please remember to send your favorite book suggestions to Brian Hinton. I, I like romance novels. They have happy endings. Oh man, I am rude. I am, I am rude. <laughs> oh, I guess no one's watching me. That's shocking. <laughs> exactly. I love Frederick. I love Frederick. I love Frederick. I love Frederick. I should have known the Terrator didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad. Just what the <laughs> fuck am I talking about?